a Wednesday night edition of uh, the Sheffield Steelers podcast. Joined by head coach Aaron Fox. Aaron, that was uh, a thoroughly uh, enjoyable night's work by your team. Yeah, I mean, that was better. We gotta we gotta continue to play like this at home here. Um, first period that we, we turned the puck over a little bit too much in the first, um, but we came in in the second there and really started to get into our, our game plan and we made them defend all night long and you know I feel like when we get pucks deep and get into the ozone we're a pretty effective hockey team. Many different scorers as well tonight which must be pleasing. Yeah it's great to see there's some really nice plays out there that Melly goal where he walked around the zone and found Davies back door. Nikolai had a, a pretty good one-on-one there. Um, nice to see Kieran Brown get on the yeah. on the scoring table tonight. Great pass by Schutz there with late in the game there. It was nice to be able to give them guys some ice when we had the game in hand. I kept rolling with them guys just because sometimes it's hard to find them ice in those tight games, especially in the league. So it was, yeah, it was a good night. And Nikolai with a hat trick, he, he always looks dangerous, doesn't he? Yeah, his game's, uh, his game's been really, really good. Um, he's been shooting, puck, shooting more pucks. You know, he's I thought he had some really effective games puck possession wise. Always got that puck on a string early in the year, and then you know that last decision maybe was a pass to somebody who wasn't open or you know was was wasn't taking the shots when he could. And it's good to see pucks are going in for him right now. Tell us how you saw the Gagnon Davies incident because from upstairs we all looked a little astounded what what Michael had done wrong to to warrant his penalty. Well, um, <laughs> you know Michael tripped their goalie early, early in. In the game there, um, Ganyan came by the bench and you know said retribution was coming, yeah. you know, and then they get kind of tangled up in front of the net there, and he's six four, six five, and Michael's a smaller guy and just kind of jumps him, and then you know Michael was was all bloodied up and grabbed Ganyan's gum and or he grabbed Ganyan's gloves apparently and put blood on it and gave it back to them and they gave him a five for a misconduct for that. I don't know why. I don't see it. Um, one guy throws a helmet at the bench, and the other guy wipes a bloody nose up with with the glove. I don't. You know what I mean? It's. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, you know, I, I, sometimes I feel like, you know, it's a little bit of a goon squad um, when things aren't going well for that team that we played tonight. But, you know, they got a small building there, and they build their team that way for a reason. So I understand that. But I just I felt like there was a little bit of lack of respect for the game when those kind of situations happen. There's plenty of guys on that team that could have called out Michael Davies that are near the same size and, you know, had a go, but it, it is what it is. Yeah. Talk us through now the uh, the Challenge Cup. Congratulations, you're through. Yeah, uh, thank you. We're in the thank quarterfinals you. and uh, a big choice ahead. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how things play out here. Um, I think we'll get third choice, so there'll be a, a few teams left for us to choose from there. I saw that uh, Glasgow got chose by Dundee tonight, so that's officially done um, and we'll, we'll go from there okay and uh, all to play for the weekend uh, a home and away series against the Guildford Flames back into league action yeah it'll be good it was nice to get some momentum here tonight hopefully we haven't been a great home team this year um, you know so it's nice to come out with this five dollar game tonight a full full house and put on an entertaining show for the fans and hopefully we'll get them back in here Saturday you did indeed Thanks. and we thank you for that and uh, Aaron will now leave us Thanks. and uh, cheers Aaron Thanks very much indeed. And I'm joined, of course, by Jonathan Fernley and Alex is uh, just down the road. He's, uh, I think he's just waiting for uh, Ryan Finnerty to, uh, to pop through and have a chat with, uh, with Alex for the Elite League website. We'll start off, Jonathan, we'll start off. Um, from our point of view, a, a thoroughly uh, enjoyable night. I think we'll move out of the way because Finney will be barging past any moment uh, on that. But, uh, but a good night's work. The only two Steelers skaters who didn't pick up points tonight were David Phillips and Miko Kuka. So, 
18 other point scorers, sorry, 16 other point scorers. That's uh, a terrific team effort. Lemchikov will get the uh, the headlines because of the hat-trick, but everyone played their part tonight. You think of all the shots that were blocked by Phillips and Kuka, it's uh, a real team effort and, uh, you know, one with, one with some style, you know, to... Because there was a time when we were talking about, oh, well, Manchester are winning this third period. That's a little bit of consolation. But the late burst, uh, Steelers aren't going to settle for uh, just cruising through to, uh, you know, a narrow win. They want to uh, they want to turn on the style and entertain. The fans uh, really responded tonight. The last £5 game against Fife was a little bit quiet. The fans were a little bit passive, I thought. Not tonight. It was a terrific atmosphere and... Uh, Thoroughly enjoyable win. Good for young Kieran as well, wasn't it, to get one oh, at terrific. the end? Eh? Yeah, and uh, first assist of the season for uh, Shudra, so he's got one plus one now. And Because they've both taken a penalty earlier in the game. Brown had taken one, Shudra had taken <laughs> one. You're still not well, are you, David? No, I'm not well. I've still got the man flu, mate. still got the man flu. Uh, as long as we don't give it to any more of the players, we'll be all right. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was just the sort of night the Steelers needed. A couple of power play goals as well, just to uh, keep things going. Just grab Liam a second. Come here, Liam. Come here, come here, come here. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Talk I'm, I'm going to Denmark in the morning. No, 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 no. You're okay. You're okay. You can talk. Just. I'm 300 feet up in the air. Just, 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 just tell us the that we. Everybody in the audience didn't quite understand the uh, the Davies penalty. What, 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 what is that? Aaron's given us an explanation. But how did you see that? Uh, to be honest, I didn't see it. It was uh, brought to my attention by one of the linesmen. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Picked up a Manchester glove, wiped his face. And had blood on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that is the rule, is it? For, that's, a, mm-hmm. that's a game. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all we needed yep. to know. Thank you for that. And there can be no argument with that. If that's the rule, then <coughs> that's, that's what's got to be The referees are left with no choice. Whether you like the rule or not, the referees have got to go by the book. And uh, yeah, you're not going to like that as a fan. You don't think that Davis has He's done much wrong. He's got two major though. penalties for throwing a peg and wiping his nose. <laughs> yeah, and you can't do either of them, so <coughs> learn them. I mean, Manchester got away with one tonight when Olin picked up his helmet and dropped it just in the nick of time. But having lifted it off the ice, that should have been a penalty. So he got away with one. Uh, I'll tell you the interesting thing here. Just take a look down to your left-hand side. And uh, Liam Saul didn't seem too keen to uh, to speak to you and I. In fact, we almost had to physically restrain him back then. But he's in deep conversation with Ryan Finity at the moment. Or he's, he's being lectured to by, uh, by Ryan. I don't know what Ryan's lecturing him about. I thought Ryan's team got off lucky tonight. I think there was a sense of <coughs> them accepting that the game was probably gone at 5-0 when they made the netminder change during the second intermission yeah. and brought Adam Long in. He's already had some game time this season, Adam Long, so you know, he is a young goalie, they want to test him out a little bit, but at, at 5-0 down, that was probably a sign that they're thinking ahead to the weekend and the two games against Nottingham, which they'll need to get the better of in order to uh, avoid that playing game. I'd love them to get the better of Nottingham. I'd love to see Nottingham well, in that playing that just playoff to, game. That just would to be... go back on something that Aaron said, we don't think that it has been officially confirmed that Dundee, with the first pick, will pick Glasgow. But looking at the teams available, they've they'll played Glasgow. Glasgow three times and they've beaten them every they'll time. Take, they'll take the Glasgow. Other teams, one, yeah. The other teams they could pick, they have at least one loss, if not several, and if not some heavy losses against all the other teams they've lost to Guildford, they've lost three times to Sheffield, they've lost to Belfast. Yes, they've, they've won a game against Belfast, but it seems certain that they would pick that. It minimises travel for them, so when you've got to squeeze a midweek game and you don't want to tie them out, we think that's what they'll do, but it's again, we don't officially know that yet. So if, if Dundee take Glasgow, that that's those two out of the equation. Guildford then get the second choice. Yes, they finish on 11 points. Do they the take Steelers Cardiff or Coventry? 
Well, we don't know if Coventry are going to go through. We're going to know that if Glasgow have gone, Belfast and Cardiff are also in the pot. They'll then be two of uh, Coventry, Manchester and Nottingham. Guildford will take one of those. You think they would probably... Well, they've won a home win and a home loss against Nottingham. They'll play Sheffield twice by... They're just going to can't pick us. Well, they could pick us. That's a group winner. They couldn't pick us. No, they can't pick other group winners. You have to pick from the bottom five teams. Yeah, they have picked Glasgow. That's come through now, has it? Okay, I'll take that back then. Apologies for that. I've not seen that. I can't see Guildford picking Nottingham myself. I just, I don't know why I can't see them picking Nottingham, but I, I can't see them picking Nottingham. Well, would Sheffield want to pick Nottingham? Yes, I think Sheffield would pick. Because two games down in Nottingham so far this season, a win and a loss. Two home games, two wins. The Steelers' record over Nottingham over two legs is I tell you what I'd rather go into Nottingham on a Wednesday night than going to Guildford on a Wednesday night or going to Coventry on a Wednesday night where there's going to be two men and a dog in there there's going to be no atmosphere there's going to be it's not going to feel like anything and I would much rather be going into Nottingham and playing them in front of 6,000 and then coming back and playing in front of 6,000 I think we're a team that plays better under that that kind of but I I, I I was hoping we were going to get the second choice, but obviously now it doesn't look like uh, that's going to be. Then if Guildford get it, yeah, Guildford have got it. They've got 11 points from their game to Steelers have, have ended up on 10, so we're locked into the third seed. It also means the remaining game for Coventry against Guildford is a dead rubber because neither team can change their position. So that that should be a, a backup netminder showcase. What's the fans saying on the old social media? Good night, Sean. A lot of positivity. Um, I think if you can't be positive tonight, you'll never yeah, be, can you? Yeah, it's good to see and. Uh, there's a lot of a talk about individual performances tonight and especially Lemeter's performance I thought stood out like a sore thumb I thought that was the the Russian player that we expected to see uh, when we signed him and I thought he was class all all the way through tonight his second goal was I don't know how you read it from the commentary box Jonathan but I thought it was sensational to pick up the puck how he did and to skate with it and, and the finish as well just kind of caps kind of kept everything on. He and Dowd made the two crucial plays in Fife on Sunday. I was there for that and it was not a great offensive game by either team. There were just two moments of individual magic, one from Dowd, one from Lenchigoff that killed the game. And tonight, Lenchigoff did the same sort of thing again. Took the game by the scruff of the neck, said, right, give it here, I'll do something with it. And uh, made the difference. We had so many good team goals tonight. Um, but that was a, a real individual moment. And I it. think that was the case in Fife, the 10-3 night, that there was so many good team goals not necessarily individual goals and we've shown now twice we can put teams to bed if we connect with chances but then we've seen the complete flip side of when we've been into Manchester and we've lost 6-2 because we haven't taken our chances and they're the two complete different sides of of the Steelers game that well from how I see it anyway the debate between referee and coach has now ended and Ryan has uh, walked away. Uh, what did Ryan Finetti say to you in the Elite League interview? Not much, to be honest. Is he moody? He was, yeah, he was very tight-lipped about, <laughs> about the game. It was a tough night. He said his piece on the Gagnon and Davis incident. Um, he referred to it as being still a man's game. He says if you want to take them kind of hits at the goal, and he said he saw it coming. So... Um, that kind of tells you a bit about if you want to call it rivalry or just there's something between the group we've been into Manchester twice now and been turned over and we didn't necessarily turn Manchester over the first time they came in here but tonight we've sent 
the message back the other way with them going home. So my understanding is Gagnon challenged the bench and actually, you know, told Davies it was coming after the incident in the uh, in the first period. But yeah, um, our view of the the trip on uh, on the netminder was that Davies may have been given a little bit of shove, but the netminder has his back to the play and can't see it coming, so it's a, a dangerous play in that sense. It's his right foot that trips the left leg of, of Ginn. Davis doesn't make much of an effort to move that right leg out of the way. If he does, could he get a, could he avoid contact or at least minimise it? Potentially. So I can see why Manchester are as annoyed hey, as they Michael are. Michael Davies knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. I, I can he see he why knew exactly what he was doing. He's an experienced guy. How are we going to feel if someone goes under Duva when we've got one important netminder on our roster right he's, now? He's giving a bit back and I have no, I have no issues with that. And uh, he's had a bloody nose for his, uh, for, for his trouble there. And... Uh, just before we turn this on, we were going to talk about Gagnon, weren't we? And yeah. you'd have a question in about tough guys. And, yeah. and what, what was the point somebody made? It was, I think it was referring back to an earlier podcast we did where we touched on the, the sort of enforcer role. He suggested, well, didn't suggest, he asked the question after that kind of incident. Does that show that an enforcer role is still needed? And I think all three of us can agree that it isn't the case. Matthew Gagnon, if you want to say, therefore, is Manchester's enforcer. How did he help them tonight? What did Gagnon do to help Manchester win the game? Very little. He helped them lose the game, essentially. Um, And if enforcers worked and they stopped plays like that, then when we had Fitzgerald, no-one would have cross-checked Colton Fretter in the back. But it happened all the time. So if Fitzgerald isn't the deterrent... Nobody's a deterrent. These plays have happened throughout the history of hockey and they happen whether there's an enforcer there or not. Just because that incident isn't followed by a fight on the next shift doesn't really make a difference one way or the other. Two players serve five minutes and the game carries on. The deterrent now is through Dops. Gagnon has got one game, I'd expect him to get a little bit more. That's the deterrent now, Dops not a fighter if oh. we'd had a fighter on the ice they'd have, there's no one to fight then because Canyon's well, I'll, give, I'll give you this one you're, you're made the general manager of the Sheffield Steelers tonight and uh, Jamie Tunstall uh, phones you from Manchester tomorrow and he says I'd like to trade Matthew Gagnon to the Sheffield Steelers is there a player that you'd like to give back I can't think of a single player I'd want to trade for Matthew Gagnon is there you? No, no I don't think so for me it's <clears throat> he's I wouldn't proven. try a bag of books for him the argument that will come back is that there are <coughs> other tough guys who can fight, who can play a bit more. I think Pellich is probably one in, in Belfast that might get talked about. Absolutely. Would yeah. you trade someone for Pellich? Well, yeah, you might, you might do. do that. But... Well, Pellich was a guy we went after hard in the summer. Yeah, I yeah. mean, are we going to be fearful of playing Belfast because they've got Pellich? No. And I think if you're saying that, oh, we're worried and we're not going to make the same plays because Pellich is on the ice then, you know, let's, I'd like to see the people who have that argument put it to the players. Hey, Jonathan Phillips, do you play scared against Tufka? No, no, it doesn't play scared against anybody. And you can see it because the players do go in for the hits. You saw uh, Sandstrom land a couple tonight. You know, did anyone come after Sandstrom for that really... That was, could easily have been more than two minutes for that boarding call. Did anyone come after Sandstrom? No. So where's Manchester's enforcer protecting their boarded player after Sandstrom's hit? It's... I understand that people want fighting. I get that. I just don't necessarily think doing so would make the Steelers a better team. It doesn't have to come from a a source like 
such that carries the enforcer title. Look at how, what our one fight this year was down because he got riled and riled and riled by the hacking and the slashing that he took against Guildford, and he didn't need the enforcer label on his back to say, right, that's it. If, that's how we're going to play. I'll play that game. He took and that, responsibility. And those sort of slashes on doubt happened even when Fitzgerald was here. And, and, uh, and will happen till yeah. the end of time. And yeah. But there'll be instances where you will get a player that is, like you've mentioned, a pellish that you know in that sort of scenario he will be the one that stands up because he carries that, the persona, the figure about him. But I don't think it's directly needed, no. What uh, we we got some other things then have we uh, Jonathan? You want to yeah, I'll try and get some players get some, okay. uh, some reaction because we've all chipped in with a few points and I grab them before they. Uh, oh, we're walking into the white up. room here. There. Uh... Ah, that's it, Ben. <laughs> so Benny's lifting weights. Jono's just looking at him. This top off. He's trying to put the gun show. What are you on, doing, Benny? 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 Benny, coming towards us. What, what, what are you doing right now? Shouldn't you be resting? You've just won a game of hockey and here you are lifting. How, how heavy was that? Do you want to tell the truth? Yeah, the truth. Well, it's a 20k bar, Olympic yeah. bar with 10 on each side, so. Okay. 40. 20 on each side. <laughs> 10 on each side. <laughs> 10 on each side, 10 10 eight, eight, so there's 40 eight, kilos. Eight, eight, eight. <laughs> <laughs> no, just <laughs> Wednesday night, game on the Saturday, so we don't get uh, to do our workout as normal today, so we're just doing it now. Me and Jono, big John Armstrong. Betsy's in here. Well, Betsy's in here eating. <laughs> he was working out. Yeah, he was. Uh, so, yeah, just a little bit extra and, you know, trying to get better and then hopefully we can do a bit better the, the World Championships. And <laughs> little drive. Jono's fit, isn't he? He's like, look, he's, he does a good job on it. You're getting excited, David. No, just, just saying, just saying. He is, he is very fit, and that's why, you know, at his age, why he can still play. Because, <laughs> you know, 1,000 and, what is it, three games now? That's about 12.52 now, isn't it? 12.52. No, I'm saying for the league. 12.52. 12.52. Any questions for Benny, uh, John? I want to talk to John about his goal. Okay, yeah, first one of the go, season. Uh, jo- first one of the season. Talk us through your goal, John. Talk us through your goal, because well, you know, it was an important one, wasn't it? I picked the puck up. Dangled about six guys three times, toe-dragged everyone. Um, no, it was um, just something me and Ebbs have been working on, actually, the last few few weeks, just him coming up behind the net and just finding that, those little pockets out, out in front and trying to get a quick shot away, and he, uh, he found me perfectly. Yeah. Talk to us through the, uh, the incident with uh, our boy Michael, who uh, seems to be getting himself into a bit of trouble at the moment, but... Uh, did that, that all stem from the, for the incident, I would guess, in the first period where he clipped the goalie? Yeah, I'm guessing so. He normally yeah. does, isn't it? And then I think, um, you know, Mikey was just trying to clear clear the net in front and protect Dubes a little bit. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess these things happen. They get into a little tussle and um, maybe went a little too far. Yeah. But, a, but a good performance now to go into the Guildford weekend on the back of. Yeah, I think we knew the importance of tonight. It was, um, you know, obviously after... The game against Coventry, we weren't overly pleased at, at our uh, performance. And then we need the points to get through to this, uh, this next round. So, you know, we, we wanted to give a good performance at home, which we haven't done so much of lately, and, um, and obviously get them points. New line combination for you tonight. How long have you had to work on that in practice this week? What was it? It was a uh, Mel's and um, uh, Deluca, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it changes a lot. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been fine. I think you know, obviously, with the injuries we've had, it's kind of uh, you get mismatched around all over the place. So I think everybody's pretty comfortable with everybody, and 
Um, you know, I think the three of us kind of play the same way, and obviously we know what Luca can do with the puck. We just try and get him to do those special things. It was good he got one tonight to get it off his back because it must have been getting to him. Yeah, you could, I think you could see the passion in his face when he uh, when he scored that, and you know he's been working hard lately. And obviously the frustration I think has been kicking him for him. You know, a little uh, I don't think he's really, he's been putting a little bit too much pressure on himself. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, real, it's always nice when you see him like that. When uh, I think he's worked hard the last few games. Okay, we'll leave you to your weights. Thank you. I, f- I still find that a bit astonishing that after a game they do weights. You know, you you'd think they'd be having a little bit of a rest, wouldn't you? But so win- than... Winners never stop, do they? So That's right, yeah. if you want to be the best, you've got to uh, train while the other guy sleeps. Yeah. What were the other points you uh, you wanted to bring to the attention Ooh, we, we, of the listening public tonight? What is the one thing we've that's the Elite League news that broke following the uh, Elite League uh, meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago was the, the change of uh, the squad composition for next year, down to 13 imports and a roster size on the game day of 20 rather than 22. That feels like it's going to hurt the Steelers. One fewer import, one or two fewer bench spots for, for youngsters. I can see why they've done it. It's not really going to be something that's going to benefit the Steelers, but it's certainly going to benefit the league and the sustainability uh, lower down the uh, the standings, I would have thought. A couple of points to make, you're quite right. It was the smaller clubs that wish to bring about that kind of uh, rule change. Though the reality is the 22 at the moment, we very rarely dress 22. Well, there were tw- 20 tonight. Yeah, and there was, there's 20 most nights, isn't there? Mm. It, it very rarely gets to that 21-22. So I still think we will carry the same amount of players next year as we've carried this year and you've got the healthy scratch and uh, then you bring it in there was a big push to go for a, a squad of 19 because some of the clubs didn't want other clubs playing four lines and I think if you like the offset that the bigger clubs had to make was hey we want our 20 so if you want your 13 we'll have to we'll have to do that and then of course the composite of the seven British players was like how many are over and uh, the overage mm. and of course in our club if we keep Jono and Benny and Dowdy and Davey we need four seniors so again that was another point that we had to fight hard for that it was four and three it could have been three and four and that would have been a very awkward situation for us at the uh, at the end of the year but I think we were with the bridge that we have I think if one sacrifice we had to make was to bring it down from uh, 14 imports to 13 imports that was an okay sacrifice for us to make to to make sure that we got the four senior Brits, that we kept the roster uh, numbers at 20 and uh, see how that goes. The other change of course then is that the limited to the number of rosters, uh, sorry number of imports that you can have on your roster throughout the entirety of the year and the Steelers have made a couple of swaps already this season would be right on that number if the rule was in place this year. It's going to make the recruiting even more important because if you do make a couple of mistakes and you make those changes early then you're going to be limited in what you can do later on in the year if you've got to replace either another injury or some other underperforming players the Steelers have always been able to go out and swap a player if they needed to and you can still make those five or six changes can but you can't make is eight or nine changes it's going to put that in the back of your head that ooh, can we risk doing it now yeah um and you know if the Steelers were told you can only make two more changes for the rest of the year that would really affect the decisions that you're making moving forward. Well, of course, in the in the DEL, I think they have, I think I have, they have ten cards. And they sign nine, and then they hold one back for a goalie. 
and they don't make any changes or they only sign eight and they only can make one change during the whole year. So I think this is something that's out there in Europe and now being brought into, into our game that you've just got to be a little bit more careful maybe on your recruitment and your swapping and changing. I think what it will stop is what we've done with Trzinski and Kuka where you just bring a guy in for, for a temporary. Now, whether they stay permanently or temporary. But uh, those guys who just come in for four or five weeks, some clubs now might not make a change there and use one of their cards. Um, and again, this is the smaller clubs saying, hey, it's OK for you big clubs. You can go and do these changes. We can't do that. We need to try and level the playing field. And I guess a level playing field is important if we wear our league hat. Yeah, I'm all for a level playing field, but I, I personally see this moving to three lines as a step backwards as opposed, to, yeah, as opposed to bringing everybody up to a similar level whereas the, the limit to transfers does actually work for the better it, it caps everything it, it keeps you strict to what you're doing and I've, I've seen a few things reading the comments of well the Steelers wouldn't be able to have signed so and so and so and so it's fair enough but we're in the current set of rules and we stick to them, we get by with it. You do what you can, these rules will come in. Aaron, I'm sure, and Tony will abide by it as everybody else will be. And that's when you then have to make different decisions to what you can now, but... The interesting one would be, say, for example, if a Robert Farmer became available, we actually couldn't take him because that would take us to five senior groups unless you were prepared to get rid of one of the senior Brits that you've got now, or a Ben Davies or somebody like that. So that's where it'll be, I think it'll be more interesting there. Obviously, when, when Jono does retire at about 84 years' time, um, then you can bring another senior one in. We're OK on our under-25 players at the moment. We've got Curling, we've got Griffin, we've got Brown. So as, as far as the numbers go, we're, we're OK as long as we just can keep hold of the guys that we have. Well, there's only so many roster spaces for all the players, and if... If everybody is, is pushing to earn their place, then someone has to miss out. There was a good graph someone posted a few days ago about the quality of, or the, the points output at least, over the last few years of Luke Ferrara and what a, a regular point scorer he's becoming down in Coventry and questioning, oh, should the Steelers have kept hold of him? Well, look at his points, maybe we should have done. But Liam Kirk doesn't play that season if Ferrara is filling that fourth line spot for him. So... Sometimes you have to make a decision on who makes it onto the lines and who doesn't. And so, yeah, you can have a player like Farmer come back in, or Davis, but then do you get the development that you need out of Brown and Shudra? Well, at the moment, we sort of wouldn't. So, yeah, you want the best players you can, but what about the space you've got to keep open for developing the players of the future? And I think by ensuring that there's one fewer import slot, that should mean that the young players around the league and... There are plenty with potential that need to get that ice time, don't have a spot taken up for them. And I think that's why it was crucial that we never went to 19 and we, we, we stayed at 20. Mm. Because I think, you know, to go to 19 would have been a detriment. Those players will play more now with the 20-man roster than they would have done with a 19-man roster. I don't think there's a club in the league whose fans don't want to see their youngsters get more ice time. And we've seen some youngsters really flourishing. We've seen Kelsall and Hazeldine doing good stuff in, in Nottingham. Um, Wallace picked up a couple of goals for Guildford already. Um, Forbes is making himself a, a regular in that Coventry lineup. Um, Dundee are giving regular shifts to Chris Ingalls. Five fans are desperate for more uh, more Chad Smith. They really want to see him get out there. Um, I was chatting to a few on, on Friday and there's a couple that think, well, he's really earned his place, but give him a chance to earn his place. He's hardly had any shifts at all this season and we don't want to block their progress by uh, 
by putting old Brits necessarily in uh, too many of them in their place. And we saw that tonight. Kieran Brown scores, biggest cheer of the night. Mm, great for him to get a goal. And I thought a special mention to Cole as well for, for the play. He could have easily tried to jam it, jam it past Gin himself, but he took the opportunity to, to square it across. And it's great for him. It, it gives him perfect confidence. He, he's got a hat-trick for the Steel Dogs at the weekend. So he's building on it and he'll, he'll get the chances. He's... We know how good of a player he can be. He's just if he sticks down, if he gets his head down, and... he'll be fine. He'll be fine. One thing I would like to have seen, perhaps, is Will Curling in the final five minutes. What we were, I mentioned the shutout, but and people have already complained to me for saying the shutout at the start of the third period. Did you say it in the start of the third? It's your but fault. As, as I mentioned, it's your fault. As I always say, it's your fault. Thomas Duber can't hear me. So he doesn't know that I've said that. He's he not got a live commentary. He knows. Theme. The hockey gods That's tell not, him, Jonathan. That's not how they it works. They tell him. They know. Um, but we're saying, well, if the Steelers concede a goal, then that would be a good time to put Curling in. Uh, Manchester already have their backup in, in Long. And, you know, when the game got to 6-2, 7-2, yeah, it's a few minutes left. That might be a good time to put Curling in and give him a little bit of game time. Because at the moment, he is the only backup. There is no... Um, imminent arrival of another important netminder so you know we've got to be careful with uh, with Duba because that really could uh, submarine the weekend if he was to to get a knock and in a game that's already decided I thought uh, maybe missed a trick by not giving uh, Will Curling uh, a shift or two right at the end. Okay god knows what time it is I can't read this Apple watch um, but I think it's time to wrap her up unless there's anything else we have to discuss. Guildford big weekend ahead seven o'clock face up on Saturday folks we look forward to seeing you there you've been listening to the Sheffield Steelers podcast and by god you're very welcome. Perfecto. <laughs>